It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov careers usbp. This Sunday, former EastEnders star Lacey Turner stars in a one-off drama, Our Girl. In this special episode, Luke chats to writer Tony Grounds about what inspired the story that has been three years in the making. It's the Custard TV podcast. I am joined today by writer Tony Grounds. Tony, thanks so much for agreeing to this. I really appreciate it. And um, new drama, 90 Minutes, BBC One Sunday. It's called Our Girl and it stars... Former EastEnders star Lacey Turner. Doesn't matter what she does after EastEnders, people are always going to refer to her as former EastEnders star Lacey Turner, mm. which is a shame because her performance in this is absolutely incredible. How how integral were you in the casting of our girl? Um, well, um, I came up with this idea and um, went to. Uh, then I had a meeting with John York, who at the time was. Uh, uh, I don't know what his title was, but something like head of drama at the BBC, an executive at the BBC, anyhow. And then, and um, he then said, "Have you got anything for uh, Lacey Turner?" So I thought, "Yeah, fantastic." So that's how it came about. I'd got the idea about um, a uh, female medic going off to Afghanistan, and um, uh, when he said, "Have you got anything for Lacey Turner?" It just seemed perfect. It seemed a perfect fit. So. But yeah, really, you know, we, we, there, there wasn't a casting process as such. I was writing it with her in mind. Do you struggle to write female characters? Because Molly Dawes, this young girl who's got little prospects, who just decides one day to give the army a shot, that's the basic premise. Did you struggle to find your inner Molly, as it were? No, not at all. I mean, what, what happened is I, I went to... I got a mate who was uh, in the army. He, he'd taken me to... Um, a few um, army camps. He was uh, captain of the army rugby team, so he had sort of total access. We went to Colchester, and I was talking to one of the other guys there, um, and he said, and they were talking about um, how quickly the uh, female recruits could get to Afghanistan. He said, well, 18. So I said, 18, that's very young, isn't it? He said, yeah, but if they train as a um, combat medic, you do your 14 weeks basic training, then 24-week um, cat badge. She was trained to be a combat medic, and then after that, you can you you could be deployed any time. So, um, uh, and I said, oh, right. Does that lead to any complications or um, difficulties? He said, we had this one girl came in as a raw recruit. She passed a two day. He said, God knows how. She came in for her fourteen weeks. She was as wild as a feral cat. She was the worst. In that first week, she was the worst recruit we'd ever had. Um, and we thought, there's no way she's even going to pass out, let alone be an asset to a country. 
And he said to me, that girl now is the greatest combat medic we've ever had in Afghanistan. At 18, when an IED goes off, she takes control of the situation. She's taller cane. She's calling in the Chinooks. She is an absolute asset. And that's what he said to me. And then I went away and I thought, oh, that's a nice story there. And it was after that that John York said, have you got anything for Lacey? And I thought, oh, yeah, I have, you know, because she could do that. So so I've got this, that, that, that's, that little line that the... Um, that the um, uh, staff sergeant that said the culture stuff, it just stuck with me. And I thought, yeah, you know, um, that, that is a fantastic story. This girl that's wild and dysfunctional and disenfranchised signs up and actually she finds her inner brilliance. So she finds the one thing in life that she's fantastic at. And, you know, because I wanted to write about hope. I wanted to write about, you know, what is the one thing in everybody that they could do brilliantly? You know, all those kids out on the streets rioting, as we had in London a couple of years ago, you know, they've never found what they're good at. But because society hasn't given them that opportunity, give them an opportunity. So what is it people are good at? You know, Mo Farah, his teacher said to him, boy, you can run. And he could run, you know. And me being a writer, somebody at one point said, you know, you're, you're good, stick in it. You know, you doing your website. You know, we, we all try and find things, you know. And so mm. this is a story about a girl who thought she got nothing and turns out to be a fantastic combat medic. I think it also portrays the army in a positive light, in a very realistic light. How much research did you do? Was it important to you that it felt very authentic? Yeah, totally. It, totally. Does it had feel to incredibly be. Yeah, we had to get every detail right. We had to We had to be the one drama when a soldier's watching it goes, do you know what, they've got that spot on. So, yeah, we couldn't come in with preconceived ideas about, you know, the army is this, the army is that, you know, um, you know deep cut, uh, Abu Ghraib, you know, any, of, any of the sort of media and um, uh, uh, TV coverage that we've seen in the army, you just had to forget about it. And then I had to go to Perb, right, and I had to see what actually happened. So I spent a long time at, at Deep Cut and at Perb, right? Perb, right, is where they do all the training now. Um, mm. So I spent a lot of time there. So I just thought, well, I want to do it as it is. I want, I want them to, you know, I don't want to say, like, the army is nasty, the army is good. I just wanted to, sh- I wanted to show what the army is like, what they do for the training. And their training methods have changed so much over the last few years. That, you know, it's not or I mean, there is a lot of shouting going on because they've got to get those troops ready for a uh, field of, uh, of of combat. You know, you can't it's not it's not a sort of molly colony. It's not like school. They've got to be fit. They've got to be strong. They've got to be able to um, uh, engage with an insurgent if necessary. They've got to be able to deal with various situations. So they've got to be trained and they, they mustn't be trained to deal. They've got to be trained. So I went to Perb, right? Saw this, saw what was going on. You know, after a lot of negotiations. I mean, this film has been over three years in the making, so it's a long, long time for a single ninety-minute drama. You know, did you have access that you wouldn't perhaps have had otherwise? Did were you given access? Yes. Yeah, so, so slowly, it? slowly, you know, we built up trust with the MOD and with the guys at Perbright, and then in, in the end, we were we shot this. So we were the first drama to be shot on a live active army training camp and what's more is soon once once we got the trust and they said look you know this isn't the stitch up job this is our script this is our story we want you to help us you know get the detail right and in the end our soldiers were mixed with real soldiers so you know if people say to me oh you haven't got that right i'd like to know what but you know what bit they're pointing out because that may well be real soldiers that may well be a real corporal that's shouting you know it's hard to tell obviously Lacey is an actress but we, she still went through basic training with a lot of our other um actors 
Do you know how hard it was physically for the actors as well? To, because Lacey's doing a lot of... She's doing, as you say, proper yeah. army training. Yeah, was it, was, that, did it, you... was, it was hard. It was... Um... You know, it was it was not easy. They had they had to do it. You know, Lacey went in there day one, and she she'd already done about a six month program getting fit. And uh, they said, um, she said, "Oh, I'm quite fit." She said to the corporal, and the corporal said, "Look, there's civilian fit and there's army fit, and you ain't army fit." So so it was like it was quite a different thing. So you know, when they're going over those you know over those um, uh, assault courses, they're actually doing it. You know, they are you know fifty feet up in the air on a rope. And uh, what I found fascinating about it, before Molly's character sort of joins up with the army, was she's a very brash, loud character, as I said before, very little prospects, and she's aware of that. She comes from a family where they're sort of living in disorder, but she's instantly likeable. Mm -hmm. How do you as a writer sort of make us feel those emotions and make us like a character that maybe if we met them tomorrow, we wouldn't like? Yeah, I think that... Um, you obviously want somebody that's sympathetic. You know, you want a you want a nice person. Do you want to go on a journey with this girl that you want to be on with her? So, um, of course, you know, in a different story, you could have somebody that's a nasty person. You know, you could do a focus on her father, who's probably, you know, unlikable. You know, instantly unlikable. But you know, but um, Molly's um, values really are still still good. Although she, you know, as you say, she's living in chaos. Um, actually, you know, her value systems are good. You know, she wants to work. She 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 wants to look after her siblings. You know, she does. Want and to she's aware she's living in chaos as well, which I think is the big difference. Yeah, she, she's yeah, aware. She, yeah, yeah. She doesn't want to. You know, when the father thieves, she doesn't want to be a part of that thieving. And uh, you know, his his you know moral compass is wrong, but hers is kind of right. You know, and that's why going from that chaos to that order of the army. Um, she, she was able to do it. She was able to do it with a with a determination, I guess. Told you before, I absolutely loved it. I was really, really gripped by it the whole ninety minutes. One thing that struck me was: Did you ever feel that this story could have had the longevity to be a BBC One nine pm six part series? Yeah, I think it. I think it. I think it. It does really. I mean, it's just. It's just, I mean, that's this this ninety minutes has taken so long that you know, I, I you know, in many ways. We, we should that, that, that's what we should have done you know we should have done it as a sort of uh, uh, you know ongoing series and yet you know the, uh, the, the, we'd only got you know a limited amount of budget so we could only you know just do it for a 90 minute and that was a squeeze you know it's um but yeah no i mean it, it i think it's it could well be an ongoing series but you know the bbc have to decide that they have to come to us and say you know look, we we we, we want to do more um it's not, it's not got, my call, it's the, it's the BBC's call. You've got Lacey as the lead, but you've got an army storyline. So were you aware that you were you were hoping that this would be something that the, the uh, women and men could enjoy together? Yeah, I mean, it's not... obviously, you know, as you know, look, it's quite rare to have a... Um, a well, I mean, it's not as rare as it used to be, but, you know, for, 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 for to have the, the lead um, as an as a, uh, 18-year-old girl is quite rare. Um, and the, the obvious thing would have been to do it about boys in the army because that's what people think of, don't they? So I just thought, well, girls in the army, you know, this is it's much more, it's much more interesting, really. I think she's in every scene. You know, there, there isn't, a, there's hardly a frame that she's not in. Were you constrained? Because of course, a lot of people are going to be watching this Sunday night and think, oh, 
Lacey Turner from EastEnders or Stacey Slater is swearing in this. Yeah. Well, you were still constrained by, by language for Sunday night. Danny Cohen, who's the controller of BBC One, um, uh, has to watch it and he has to feel justified. That you know, He has to feel that, that, that any swearing is, is, is justified you know, in terms of the character and the story and the, you know, the context that that uh, that the language is used in yeah i think he was he, he was very happy and well i say very happy he you know he he completely understood he could justify every swear word so no with the, with the bbc you have to um you have to really really be careful but but without you know sanitizing the piece of work you want to do i mean i think it would be wrong if in every drama people are bobbling up swearing i think that'd be bad but you know, if you go to if you go to um, an army training camp, you, there is a lot of swearing goes on, and we probably used one percent of the swearing that actually went on in real life. But if you've got to keep it authentic, you've got to take some of that life along with you, haven't yeah. you? That's the yeah. I've asked a couple of people this, and I, I would be interested in your answer. As as a writer in the television industry today, what do you think of the standard of British drama, particularly at the moment? Um, I think it's, it's in good, good shape. I think we've got fantastic writers, you know, uh, uh, great actors that are now all happy to work in television. It's, um, yeah, I think it's good. I mean, we've got some good directors. Just got to, you know, just got to keep hearing those different voices. Really, we don't want to make it too, too um, uh, monotone, which I think is, is, is sort of a, a slight problem when you're you're looking at. You're looking at um, uh, nine o'clock dramas, you know, like uh, trying to make images of ones that have already been hit. Just try and do something different. But we've got enough good writers in this country and good directors and actors that that we can do that. And that's why the executives have got to, um, uh, you know, commission a variety of people. In a drama like this, where people will be going through what Molly's going through, how difficult is it to sort of keep your own opinions out or... Do you put your views across, or do you see it as a, a fictional thing that you are the driver of, so to speak? Well, it, it depends on what kind of drama you're doing. So, so sometimes you, you know, you, as the writer, you're obviously, you know, you, you're 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 controlling what people uh, are hearing. So you, there might be some dramas that you want to put across a particular point of view. Um, you know, with in, in regards to this one. Um, uh, you, you know, I, I had that story, and I wanted to make it a believable story. But I didn't want to sort of go, um, you know, army good, army bad. I mean, the army is good for some people, and, and it's bad for other people. And how much do you get involved on set? Were you there all the time, making sure that your script was stuck to? Well, it's not like it's not like that. That makes it seem like I'm sort of there as a sort of like sergeant major <laughs> on, on the set. Yeah. But you know, I am on the set, and I really enjoy being on the set, and I enjoy you know, um, cr- you know, like working with the crew and the actors, and and I'm just I always regard it that I'm there to help. I mean, in a sense, when you're there, when you're when you're um, filming a drama. The writer is the only person who actually hasn't got a job. He's done his or her, you know, they've done their job, um, and it's everybody else that's running around, you know, bashing out cables, acting, doing the makeup, doing the hair, doing the wigs, doing the set, and everybody is like so busy apart from the writer who's standing there, you know, trying to engage people in chit chat, which is some, you know, um, uh, but it's fantastic. You know, you 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 spent three years in in your in your study working on something. It's great to spend a few months out in the field seeing it realised. But, you know, 
you got to be there to help and and there's a sort of there's a system in filming that that um you know the the, the writers obviously in control of the page and that's handed over to the director and then the director is is in control of the film so you know you've got to allow him or her to um add their uh, voice to the piece too and you know you, you, there's some great directors out there so you you want them to do that but you know you're there at hand if they go what do you mean by this or can we cut this or can you add a line here to link these these two scenes or you know i fancy doing a pan shot here so can we just have a little bit of voice over somebody talk you know so then, then that's where i can sit there and write a couple of lines for them our girls going out on sunday yeah do you watch it or do you feel like you've seen it over and over again by this well, yeah, point. yeah, I mean, you know, you've seen it 500 times, but there's nothing like it. It, it so focuses you when suddenly, you know, you are, um, you're, you're watching it with, with the rest of the, 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 the nation, as it were. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll be watching it kind of through my fingers. I mean, funny, I don't know, I don't know how this works, but when you, um, you know, you watch it five hundred times, and, and and you think it's perfect. And then as soon as it goes out, when the the rest of the product, you suddenly see all these things that are wrong with it. You know, and you just yeah, sort of. So it's it's kind of agonising. I imagine there's a bit of a buzz too, like hearing your song on the radio, watching your drama on the television must be an exciting thing, and and it's still an achievement, even though you've been writing for TV for several years now. You must still get that feeling of wow, I'm on the TV. Um. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's, as I say, like, I, you know, I get very, very anxious and nervous, and and you know, you just want people to like it. So yeah, there is a, there is a, you know, so I've got a fantastic job, and and I absolutely love doing it. But yeah, no, I'm a nervous wreck as well, you know. So I'm already, you know, coming out in cold sweats thinking about Sunday and just wanting people to like it. And it's, you know, it's very easy to half watch telly and and to go oh yeah, yeah. That, that that was rubbish and just you know write write yeah, programs off and that's off. unfortunately that's the way you know television is watched it's that sort of it's the it's the it's the rectangle in the corner of the room isn't it you know mm. and people are going in and out and chatting and it's kind of frustrating so you know we when, when we've done a few um screenings you know it, it was shown at BAFTA last week and and that's fantastic you know you've got a big screen and you've got a full audience and everybody sits there focusing on on the drama yeah. and, and and that's brilliant you know and it, it's great but you can't unfortunately you can't go into several million people's homes and say don't make a cup of coffee now sit down watch this bit you know like which, which you could just things. knock on everyone's door at nine o'clock, as they're watching it, make sure they've got it on the right channel. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. You know, pop like in. Walking yeah. down the street, you know, and then you know, I'm sitting down. You know, we live on a, you know, on a like kind of road where it's just lots, lots of uh, toing and froing, and and um, you know, like you know, you've got your program on. People are still walking around. They're still coming back from Sainsbury's. You know, it's uh, frustrating. I have to ask this as well because when you were doing things years ago, like birth, marriages, and death, and uh, gone to seed and all those things you're sort of known for that was before the age of twitter and yeah. people like myself having websites where they could sway people one way or another yeah um do you look at that sort of feedback or do you sort of manage to distance yourself from that well i mean i've just started just for, for this I, well i did um um uh, uh yeah so i've just gone on to um twitter um and it's uh, uh so over the last sort of like month or so um, and uh, yeah, yeah, just seeing, seeing what people say. It's uh, they can be well. It's annoying, isn't it? I mean, people can just message you and ask for an interview at some bizarre <laughs> time of the day. Yeah, nobody, look, look, nobody do that, would they? <laughs> no, well, they they'd have a gall if they did. I tell you. 
But is it difficult as a writer to have your your things so publicly scrutinised? Because people will be the the thing that annoys me as a TV viewer is that if you watch Twitter at five past nine, ten past nine, people will be talking about our girl while it's on. I know they can't be watching it properly. Can I know, they, no, really? no, no, exactly. No, I've got friends who say, "Oh yeah, I'll be tweeting. I'll, I'll tweet during." I said, "We well, don't tweet during it." No, watch it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no. So there's that, and of course people go. Uh, oh yeah, um, uh, Stacy. She's she's uh, rubbish. Mm. You know, I, I you know I hope she oh. dies. And you think, what, what, why are you writing that? You know, uh, no. so I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, I kind of think. Um, of course, some people are going to like it, and some people are not going to like it. But you know, the the, the the need for the vitriol, I don't kind of get. And what do you work on now? What are you working on now? What can we see you in? See your name on next? Um, well, I'm doing a. Um, uh, I don't know what I don't know what will come up next because that's just the nature of the beast. But I'm doing a uh, film for Warp Films, who um, the oh, sort right. of fantastic company that did um, uh, you know This Is England and Four Lions, yeah. 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 and and uh, yeah, they, um, the the uh, Mark Herbert, that's uh, the um, the guy that runs that company, and he he called me up about a book that hasn't come out yet. It's a fantastic novel by. Guy called Rob Lloyd Jones, and um, so I'm I'm adapting that at the moment. Brilliant! Well, that's they have a great pedigree, so that yeah, brilliant. no, they're fantastic. And obviously, I'm talking to you know various people at the BBC, and you know John York, who's now actually he's he's um who's the executive, and he's he's now left and gone to um, company. Um, so you know, talking to him and Ken Horn, who's our wonderful producer at um uh, of our girl. You know, so so you know, there's lots of things sort of bubbling away, but you don't quite know. You know, you 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 often have ten or fifteen plates spinning, and it's always the one mm. that you don't think is going to come to the surface. <laughs> is the one that does. So you know, it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's just, I just don't know. You know, but I've you know, I've enjoyed it. You know, it's like it's like uh, you know, working with the BBC can be great, and the, the 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 casting of this was fantastic. So you know, like Julia Crampsey who, who cast this one, you know, at the BBC is is um. It's so fantastic at finding finding kids that have never had the opportunity to act before, and, you know, then and then you know putting them on putting them on screen, mm. and so that freshness is fantastic. Well, I wish you all the best with it. It's going out Sunday night at nine on BBC One or CRISPR on BBC One HD, and that's uh, our girl. Ninety minutes. Please watch it. It's absolutely fantastic. Thank you ever so much, Tony. No, absolute pleasure. Thanks, Luke. Our girl airs this Sunday, the twenty fourth of March, on BBC One. You can download this podcast and get all of the latest TV news, reviews and interviews from thecustardtv.com. Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. 